Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years, but is now the time for Marcus Major? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege to enter promo code lockedoncollege for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. My wife loves that hat, by the way. It came in the mail, and I haven't been able to wear it because my wife took it and She's had it nonstop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KREF Sports app. Josh, how are we doing, friend? Doing great, doing great. Yeah, I, maybe I need to give uh, my girlfriend the bird dog's hat. It looks looks pretty sharp. looks pretty sharp. It is. There's nothing, there's nothing like a nice, clean, white accessory of any sort whether it's a white t-shirt that white hat now with with several kids it's not going to be long before that white hat's no longer white but we're enjoying it while it is man the buzz out of camp josh is that what we think the running back depth chart might look like may not be entirely accurate with you know javante barnes and gavin sawchuk being the clear-cut front runners out of camp there's a lot of positive things being talked about with Marcus Major, who's been with the Oklahoma Sooners for several years now. We've seen flashes out of him, whether it was in, what was it, the, the Cotton Bowl game against Florida. This was a guy that has shown the capability of creating big plays as a running back, as a receiver, yet he's struggled to stay healthy. He had some, we could just call it maturity things going on early in his career with the Sooners but now I mean Jeff Levy talked spoke really really highly of him after practice on Tuesday evening and saying he expects big things out of Marcus Major this year don't write the uh don't don't close the book until the full story's been written and read with Marcus Major yeah we'll uh we'll see I mean obviously career starts out and you redshirt and you know because you miss majority of the season due to injury and then uh you know, that that nice cap to 2020 that you mentioned where Marcus Major carried nine times for his still career high 110 yards, including the 46 yard touchdown run in the romp over Florida. And then uh, obviously the the frustration to start 2021 when we thought, OK, well, you know, maybe is this going to be Marcus Major's backfield for Oklahoma? You get, you know, ruled ineligible and then uh, really uh, hasn't been able to crack the code for Oklahoma ever since. And so, you know, along the way, it feels like there's been some positives, John. And, you know, his career average, all of that, the bits and pieces that we've seen, I think that it's been good for Marcus Major, but a combination of uh, getting ruled ineligible and, uh, you know, obviously uh, the injury concerns and then just getting beat out by a couple of talented backs along the way too has kind of kept him from being the guy. And so naturally when you go far enough into a career, everybody's sort of ready to say, ah, I don't know that it's going to happen for Marcus Major, but uh, Lee Corso, not so fast. And 
not so fast, my friend. Marcus Major looks like he's on the verge of a breakout. I mean, this is a guy that, again, as you mentioned, he's flashed when he's been on the field. And even going into last year, I mean, he was the clear-cut RB2 behind Eric Gray. Again, injuries kind of interrupted his season or or put a damper on his season because he was having a solid year uh, to that point. And then Javante Barnes kind of took over from there. But he's got the playing potential and he's got the ability to create some things. And he runs hard. I mean, he's a guy that can, again, make people miss in the open field. It's just a, a lot of things, a lot of extenuating circumstances for Major. And you hope, you really do hope, that this is the year that he kind of finally puts it all together and is able to be a big-time contributor for the Sooners. They're wanting to run the football a lot this year. Jeff Levy talked about it again post-practice on Tuesday night. They want to be balanced. They want to run the football. They don't want to be an air-it-out offense. They want to be able to run the football, set up the pass, control the clock. I know that that's a, a misnomer a little bit in the Jeff Levy offense, but they want to control the ball. And Brent Venables talked about it at OU Media Day. They want to be a good running football team. And in order to do that at a at a, the high pace that Jeff Levy wants to play, you're going to need several backs to be able to get in there and play a lot because they're going to run 70 to 80 to 90 snaps in a game. And you're going to need to have two, three, maybe four guys that can contribute throughout to keep guys fresh, to have your starter ready to go at the end of the game. If it's a Javante Barnes, allowing him to close out games and, and kind of milk the clock. So, the fact that maybe Marcus major has put himself in the conversation to get a significant workload is only a good thing. That's a great thing. That's not, that should not be considered any slight to anybody else because as we've talked about, he's got the ability. It's just the, it's the, it's been the inability to stay available for the Oklahoma Sooners that has really limited his production, limited it where he's going to go in his Sooners career. Yeah, it, I mean, it has been those things that's uh, put him behind the eight ball, and then he just hasn't been able to overcome it. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll be, I'll be transparent with you. Uh, you know, I, we've heard a lot of buzz about a bunch of different guys though throughout camp. You, you've kind of heard every once in a while, oh well, Caleb Hicks the best back that they have. Uh, even what uh, Teddy and Gabe have said, well, one of the days we were out there, Tawi Walker was the best back, and I, I know that some people kind of turn their nose up a little bit at that, but. Need I remind everyone about Dominique Whaley? We've seen the uh, you know walk on burst onto the scene and be Oklahoma's best running back, so it's not an impossibility for OU. I'm still sticking with I think until proven otherwise that Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk are the two best running backs on this roster for Oklahoma. I'd love to see it for Marcus Major though. I think it'd be you know a great close to his career. It would be a terrific story. And again, we've seen when given opportunities the potential it's been that availability. And then he's you're an Oklahoma running back. There's talented guys around you. There's a Kennedy Brooks. There's an Eric gray right now. There's a Javante Barnes and a Gavin Sawchuk that you're trying to beat out. So I'll believe it when I see it, but I'd love to see it for Marcus major. What did bill Parcells used to say? The best ability is availability. And if Marcus major truly is available all season long, I think it's going to be a great things for the Sooners because you're going to be able to go three running backs deep with really, really talented players, guys that can all create a big play every time they touch the football. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out and transpires. Is Jackson Arnold already getting some Caleb Williams comps? This is coming from inside the team. We'll talk about that, but first let me talk to you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. 
This summer heat has been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But this is also the perfect time to get your bird dogs. Because with as hot as it is, bird dogs, they keep you cool and they keep you looking good. They keep you looking fit with their trim tech technology. Bird dogs make you look good with a stretch khaki short that is designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. In this August heat, you need to stay cool. You need to stay dry. Whether you're going to the golf course or you're doing some business casual luncheons, you got to check out your bird dogs. You got to get them. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. Again, you go to birddogs.com, use promo code locked on college, and you can get a free white tech hat. I told you how much my wife loves it. She's wearing it out and about, going to kid pickup, going to the grocery store. It's helping keep her head nice and cool, again, in these extreme heats that we're experiencing right now. So, again, birddogs.com slash locked on college. Get that free white tech hat. Josh. I, I I can't believe my ears, but our man John Hoover at All Sooners at SI wrote a piece this evening or Tuesday evening based on some quotes from offensive linemen, Andrew Rame, Savion Bird, and they're asking or they're saying some pretty impressive things. Andrew Rame says of Jackson Arnold, man, he's just an athlete. He reminds me a little of Caleb Williams, the way he runs, the way he can throw outside the pocket. Savion Bird, he's going to be such a good quarterback. Like, without a doubt, he's going to be such a good quarterback. Rain goes on to say, once he gets settled down and understands the offense, he's going to be a really good player. And Bird says he's going to be a star one day. He already has, like, the traits of a champion. Football is just a developmental game, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. Josh. Jackson Arnold's not going to play much this year. Hopefully, hopefully Dylan Gabriel's great. And we don't have to ask the question about should Jackson Arnold start? Are we getting a little ahead of ourselves comparing him to a Heisman trophy winner, a guy that's going to be the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft? You know, if I'm one of the guys on this roster and, and I've been around both and he's demonstrating similar traits then no it's it's not ahead of schedule it's right on schedule and those guys would know better than anybody else because again rainbows around both right so if he says it looks similar then i'm gonna believe that he's doing some similar things now i don't know that you know rain's quote wasn't jackson arnold will be caleb williams or better you know i mean it was hey he's doing things like caleb williams which i'm gonna take him at face value that he's looking like a five-star signee. Now you look at Jackson Arnold and what he did in high school and the way that he ran the football and Andrew Rames, right? He runs a lot like Caleb Williams, a big physical guy who can make a few people miss in the open field. Not overly like ad, like not overly agile, not like a Lamar Jackson type, but kind of running more like a Cam Newton, more physical straight lined, you know, uh, big strides, that kind of that kind of thing, but can make people miss. Not saying Jackson Arnold's Cam Newton. Again, let's let's throw that out there. But 
it is intriguing at least that Jackson Arnold is getting these comps early in his career. I mean, we saw in the spring grain, spring game, there was a little bit of inefficiency, but when he got a chance to play behind the first team offensive line, did a lot of really, really nice things. The dude's talented. The dude's got the athletic ability. It would not surprise me to see him put that on display. If given the opportunity, even this year, I think we're going to get a chance to see him this year when, you know, Oklahoma gets up big against Arkansas state against SMU against Tulsa and hopefully against some other teams down the line when Oklahoma gets up by, you know, 20 points, third, fourth quarter, you get to see your Jackson Arnold uh, just getting some live game reps. Every game rep that he can get is going to be valuable experience. And so I think we will see him put some of those things on display, especially the running ability when maybe they're not going to necessarily try to throw the ball a ton if they're up big. Right. I mean, you could absolutely have that type of package and, you know, more than anything, it's just exciting to hear his teammates say that they're seeing positive things from Jackson. Arnold. They're seeing the type of potential because we think, right. That after this season, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody posed the question to us on the radio side. If Dylan Gabriel has this great season where he winds up either right on the fringe, it gets to New York city does he think about, I mean, coming back and probably under that scenario, he's performed well enough to get drafted somewhere. And I think that would be Dylan Gabriel's approach, right? That, you know, this season ends and uh, either Oklahoma then moves on to Jackson Arnold, just of its natural own accord or Dylan Gabriel plays so great that he has a professional opportunity and it's time to move on to Jackson Arnold. So one way or another, even if there was, okay, this uh, scenario where maybe in your mind you're like, well, should we have one more season of Dylan Gabriel? I don't think that Dylan Gabriel would take that opportunity at OU. So it's it's going to be Jackson Arnold's season before too long, and that's going to coincide with Oklahoma's jump to the SEC. So, yeah, for OU, it's going to behoove them if Jackson Arnold is the Jackson Arnold that you, I, everybody thinks that Jackson Arnold is going to be when he signed as a five-star signee. So these are just those positive initial breadcrumbs that you want to hear. Some other really interesting nuggets out of camp, Josh, and this is involving the offensive line again. You know, McCade Mattire, you know, talked about how, uh, how much better they are this year than they were last year. And he says, we have the ability to be much better than last year. We can be much better the word is can we have to continue to prove ourselves every day and make sure we're in good enough shape and taking our reps seriously every day so we can have a standout online like we should. I think that's what's different from last year is our skill level is a lot different. I mean, we had Anton, Wanye, Chris. Those are really good guys. I think we have the same, if not better, skill set. They're just in different areas for each person. We just need to prove our potential and prove what we can be. That's that's pretty solid. I mean, if you think you've got the talent of a first round offensive tackle somewhere along your offensive line, three offensive linemen getting drafted last year, that's pretty salty for Oklahoma's offensive line heading into 2023. You know, I think Coach Beatenbo said about as much right from the get go at Oklahoma's media day, which was I'm not worried about the talent component for us. I'm worried about the, you know, just putting it all together. However you want to define that, John, whatever Coach Biedenboe means by that, if that's just understanding of the offense, the day-in, day-out work, the week-to-week work 
whatever you want to define that as, he wasn't worried about the talent component. He was worried about just all of it coming together the right way. One last thing on McCade Mattire. He had a really fascinating quote, I think. I know we've had a lot of people talking about how, you know, if, if Mattire is your starter at right guard, there's a problem. You don't have enough offensive line depth. But just listen to kind of what he talked about here um, when he spoke after after practice. I've worked with a lot of guys in Dallas, trainers like Clay Anderson and people like that. I worked with former OU offensive lineman Lane Johnson for a little bit on my pass pro and that kind of stuff. Coach B said, Coach B, Coach Bill Biedenboe said, from the Florida State game last year to spring ball, he said, I was night and day a completely different player. So I'm really working on being irreplaceable and just a guy that we can that we can lean on and a model of consistency for the O-line. I mean, if Coach Bill Biedenboe says he's a different player, which I assume to mean better player going into 2023, I think that's a good thing for the offensive line. And I think it's great because you have a guy that's a very, very experienced player continuing to develop and improve his game with the fact that you're starting a new left guard, you're starting a guy at right tackle that, has a few starts under his belt, but hasn't played a ton in Tyler Guyton. You need your experienced guys like Walter Rouse, Andrew Raymond, McCade, Mattire to take their games up a notch so that you can help mitigate the inexperience that you have at those two spots. Yeah. I mean, definitely on the interior, right? Because uh, as you pointed out, that's where Raymond and Mattire have started a lot of football games. If that's what we're led to believe, and we got a pretty good indication that, you know, at least to start and probably if things go well throughout the course of this season, that it will be Raim and Mattire uh, on the interior and probably Bird or uh, whatever other combination it might look like for Oklahoma. But yeah, those guys need to elevate. Uh, you know, and I think that goes for that goes for Andrew Raim as much as it goes for McCade Mattire. It's easy, I think, sometimes at a place like Oklahoma, John, for us to want it right here, right now, because it's Oklahoma and because the standard is excellence. And I'm not saying change the standard. The standard is the standard and you need to live up to the standard, but guys get better, right? Guys can improve as they go along. So this idea that uh, McCade Mattire, the, again, every chapter of the book is written. Well, if Bill Biedenboe's saying that, then until proven negatively, otherwise, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little optimism. It is a developmental game. Players at 22 are better than what they were at 18. And players at 26 are better than what they were at 22. It takes time. It takes physical maturity. It takes mental maturity. It just takes experience to get better at the game. And if McCade Mattire is continuing that upward trajectory, it's going to help Oklahoma's offense and their offensive line be potentially better than it was last year. I mean, it was good last year, but it definitely needed to be better in key situations. Red zone, goal line, short yardage stuff had to be better. And if he can be better, that's going to help all of that improve as well. In addition to the physical aspect that Savion Bird's going to bring, the experience of Andrew Raymond, Walter Rouse, and then just the, the sheer potential of Tyler Guyton is off the charts. Last thing we're going to talk about on today's episode of Locked On Sooners is on threes, true freshman All-American list, and you guessed it, our man Peyton Bowen was named a true freshman All-American. Uh, and This is what their director of scouting and rankings, Charles Powers, had to say about one Peyton Bowen. He said... 
an electric playmaker at safety and was a huge get for Brenton Venables in his first full class in Norman. Peyton Bowen, just every time I watched him throughout his high school career, he made just really, really high-level plays. He's an exceptional athlete with outstanding speed, but pairs that speed with instincts and ball skills. Also doubled as one of the best return men in the 2023 class as well. Well, I mean, I think he's got a chance to impact things for Oklahoma straight away. And freshman All-American, honestly, even based on limited action in the spring game, wouldn't really surprise me, I don't think, all that much. Now, again, there's there's other names already there. Reggie Pearson, you you got to come over from Texas Tech, and you know there's a ton of experience there. Bowman, ton of experience there. So trying to take reps away from those guys – could be challenging at cheetah you look at harrington again we heard that may, maybe that's going his direction and probably going to be tough to get reps right there right over either a harrington over or a mccullough maybe dare we say corner is that a possibility for bowen i wouldn't put it outside the stretch of an imagination i mean he's fast he's instinctual he's he's an athletic player I mean, a lot of times you want to put your best athletes out at corner because you're requiring them to play with such twitchiness, you know, playing press man off the line of scrimmage, being able to mirror and shadow receivers for a variety of route combinations. I mean, some of those instincts, they, they could translate really, really well at cornerback. I don't know if they're going to give them reps at outside, but playing them in the slot would be, I think would be a huge opportunity for him and for the Oklahoma Sooners to get him on the field. Yeah. You don't really have like a designated slot corner position because you use the cheetah a lot of times as that slot guy. But if you wanted to go with six defensive backs, it would not surprise me to see Peyton Bowen be one of those six defensive backs on the field. I think they are going to try and use a rotation of guys, utilize that depth to their advantage. And depending on matchups, you might see a Peyton Bowen, getting a more significant number of snaps than say a key Lawrence or a Reggie Pearson, because maybe it's a team that's going to air it out a little bit more, or you want more athleticism, more speed on the field against the Jalen Daniels, something like that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him get a significant number of snaps in year one, exactly where that's going to be. I think it's going to be anybody's guess, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that just shows you've got a lot of depth and you've got to figure out different ways to get these guys on the field together. Three safety looks are becoming more and more commonplace, especially at the NFL level, because you're seeing teams want to have somebody who can tackle like a linebacker, but also offers a little bit better coverage skills like the Dallas Cowboys. They want to run, you know, Donovan Wilson and Malik Hooker and, you know, J Ron curse out there all the time together because they offer three unique skill sets that allows them to kind of play matchups a little bit differently and, and not necessarily rely on having a slot cornerback out there that, might not be able to hold up against a tight end or something like that. So it, it's a very intriguing problem for Oklahoma to have, to have all this depth and this talent and to figure out a way to get Peyton Bowen on the field. And I know that they're going to, because Brent Venables has spoken incredibly highly of this kid ever since the spring, like early in the spring, he had a lot of really, really positive things to say about Peyton Bowen. And it doesn't sound like that that train has slowed down at all, even through fall camp. I mean, he's going to be a star in year one for the Sooners. Yeah, and he's definitely going to play. I mean, he's too talented, I think, not to. You know, does that mean that he overtakes 
a Pearson for a starting role. Okay. I mean, we'll see on that front or, uh, you know, beats out a key Lawrence. Who's got a ton of experience for that next rotational role. We'll see, but he's going to get his chances. And because he's just a natural gifted athlete, John, I think probably he's going to take the most advantage of those chances and probably force this coaching staff's hand to say, yeah, we got to get him out on the field. And I think we will see him a lot as a returner this year, you know, as they try to maybe not utilize Jalil Farouk as the kick returner or a guy like, you know, Gavin Freeman as the punt returner. I mean, you can just slot him in as your return guy and say, okay, while we're working you in, in a, as a rotational player at safety, you are our primary return dude. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism to make big plays happen on that front. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell over there to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Follow myself on Twitter at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. And also subscribe to our Discord channel as well. Have a lot of really good conversation in there with Sooner fans uh, throughout the day. Um, random stuff pops up and we like to talk it out with them and you all over there. So join us on that. I'll throw the link in the uh show description. That's what that's called. Uh, but until next time, again, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.